everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of Wonderfilled Week. I am your host, Caitlin Corey. Today's episode is going to be on the topic of New Year's resolutions. Setting New Year's resolutions is a tradition in which a person resolves to change an undesired trait or behavior, to accomplish a personal goal, or to otherwise improve their life. I think at this time of year, a lot of us may be feeling a little overextended and perhaps overtired, overstressed, and maybe even finding ourselves in a bit of an overindulgence and overspending spiral as we celebrate the holiday season. Of course, this is a very common situation people find themselves in during that period between Halloween and New Year's Eve, and a lot of times people intend to make a big change and get back on track, so to speak, once the ball drops ringing in the new year. While I love the idea of beginning anew and striving for self-improvement, I wanted to discuss both the pros and cons of setting New Year's resolutions, and here to do this with me is my pal Julie Rakowskis. Hi, Julie. Welcome to Wonderfilled Week. Hi, Caitlin. Thanks for having me back. Of course. You are just like a fan favorite. I am also a big fan. I feel like you've been in about 20% of the episodes. <laughs> it's just uh, all part of my slow plan to take over Wonderfilled. I'm totally fine with that. This can be, this is, this was birthed out of a lot of discussions that we've had on the phone. And you were there for the very first episode in San Diego, which is like almost a year ago. And now you're on 15. That's amazing. I know. I know. I feel proud of myself. And that was actually one of my resolutions for last year. So it seems quite appropriate that we can discuss New Year's resolutions. Absolutely. Okay. So I was just doing a little intro before we got on the phone. And I was just saying that while I love the idea of self-improvement and and goal setting, I feel like there are pros and cons to New Year's resolutions. And so... I just sort of wanted to like get your thoughts on that and see see where you're coming from as we're wrapping up the year. Yeah, I think you could really make an argument for both sides when it comes to New Year's resolutions. Um, you know, and I think, and I'm sure that we'll get into that more, but just the important thing is being able to set yourself up for success and not framing a resolution as something that is like punitive or that is the motivation is coming from some kind of a negative perception of yourself and that you're creating resolutions or creating goals that are realistic and that are going to make you feel great about yourself and, and fit into your lifestyle and your time frame. So um, I'm excited to hear what you have to think about that too. But I think that resolutions and goals can be such a wonderful motivator if there is a very specific process that each person has for themselves. And I know that you are very good at creating a process for your goals. Well, that's the whole thing, right? Like setting something realistic because to be honest, last year, going into 2009, going into this year, going into 2019 was the first year that I actually like thought about my goals, like really tried to take like an inventory of my life, my lifestyle, what I was doing, what I was lacking. Um, for my own, you know, physical and mental health, and I broke it down into categories. So my goals last year, I have a board that I, I think I discussed before that I put on the back of my door and it was broken down into category. So mind, body, financial, career, and materialistic. And I know that the materialistic one sounds bad, but there are sometimes things you want to save for and it's kind of nice to like put it down and put it out there for yourself. But yeah. I was... So I would argue that that's not necessarily materialistic, but I would argue that that's what we call self-care. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's what I sort of tried to think of it like. And it wasn't an extensive list, but it was just sort of like things I would like to set myself up for saving for and little treats that I would like to better improve, whatever it may be. And I just think the whole thing that you said is right. Like it has to be reasonable and what can fit into your life because some of the goals I set and we'll kind of get into them, it, um, I was able to reasonably put that, you know, into my day to day, week to week life. And then some were just for me and maybe not for somebody else, but for me, unreasonable. Like one of the ones, um, for mind under mind was to read 25 books in 52 weeks. And that's extremely reasonable to other people. But for me, that was not going to be sort of able to fit into my, my day to day life. So I, I almost feel in a way that I was so specific that I almost set myself up for failure. I wasn't able to check that one off the list, but I did work toward it. And so that's the sort of pro and con of the, of the new year's resolutions is technically I failed at that one because of the time frame I set for it. But technically, I succeeded in that one because I read more. I just made the effort to read more. So that's that was sort of what the resolution should have been. Yeah. So I'm sort of learning how to like word it in a way to set myself up for success instead of getting down on myself that I technically failed at that one. And to congratulate yourself for progress rather than for not meeting a very lofty goal. But progress at all, I think, is wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I think that sort of should have been the resolution, right? Read more. That's it was more open-ended and technically I still, you know what I mean? I would have been able to check that one off because last year I was discussing before we started recording, I set 33 goals, which seems pretty appropriate as I was, I was turning 33 this year. Um, and I succeeded at 27, which I still feel is good. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. I feel like I was, I feel proud of that. You should feel proud of that. But then of course I'm looking at the ones I didn't. And, and the good thing is, is that you can carry it over, you know? It's just, like you said, progress. Just working towards something. Not necessarily in the time frame of December 31st at 11.59 p.m. Like, these are just goals. More, Some of them were more long-term goals than I should have maybe, maybe specified that. Maybe I'll have a section that's more long-term, not necessarily in the confines of this year. And I think that when January 1st rolls around, there is this, um, you know, this kind of pressing concept that it's a new year, it's a fresh start. What will I do different? What can I change? Um, and that's great. It's really nice to have a certain time of a year, especially, well, I say this living in New England, especially when it is the dead of winter and the skies are gray and there's snow on the ground. It's kind of re-energizing to think about changes you can make in your life. But like you said, there doesn't need to be an end date. It's, it's not as though if you don't hit your targets by December 31st, the total year was a wash. I think that goals should be measurable and they should be specific and they absolutely can be time oriented, but they don't necessarily always need to be just in between the frame of January to December. Exactly. And I think you're right. And and it's going to change from resolution to resolution um, because with the books, I feel like I was overzealous in what I put down on my list. But then it was nice to be specific in what I wanted to save. Uh, Ryan and I are doing a trip to Hawaii this year, and I did want to hit a certain mark. And I did want to hit it by December 31st because it was going to set me up to take my trip at the time frame I wanted. So in some ways, it was good to be more specific in some resolutions. Like I want to save X amount of dollars so that by by December 31st, I have X amount of dollars. But again, with some of them, it just doesn't have to be so pressurized, right? Like, yeah, there's, there's a gray area. And I think that when we talk about um, the realistic component of goal setting, 
realistic means realistic for you and for your life and for your lifestyle. So if it's realistic for you and Ryan to save for a trip to Hawaii, which is amazing, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Can't wait. (laughs) So interesting. You'll have to do a... Gosh, you could do a live from Hawaii. Anyways, I'm getting ahead of my <laughs> So many ideas, so many ideas. So many ideas. So that's realistic for you. Like X amount of dollars by December 31st for our trip in 2020. Um, it could be realistic for someone else to say, um, I'm not going to put a number on this. My goal is just to save. So I think that that's, that's the great area, right? Is that what is realistic for your lifestyle may not be realistic for someone else's. And that's why it's important to... Um, it's kind of self-reflect what kind of capacity each individual has in their own life for goals at that time. Absolutely. I think it's important that at this time of year, before you're even making any resolutions, you really do have to take a look inward and you really have to do some, you know, self-reflection and some personal inventory to see and to be honest with yourself about where you are, where you want to be and what steps you need to take to get there. Um, but, oh, you sent me the best thing yesterday, though, about resolutions, SMART, to make SMART resolutions. Can you explain oh, yes. that? I loved this. Yeah, so SMART goals. And I'm, I'm sure that a lot of your listeners have, have maybe heard of SMART goals because it's something that it's um, it's tossed around in the education world. It's in the business world. It's um, corporations use SMART goals. It's, it's just about having um, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-oriented goals. So the goal is specific, right? Yours is about saving money. The goal is measurable. I'm going to save X amount of dollars. The goal is attainable. I can save X amount of dollars on the salary that I make. The goal is realistic. I have the room in my life to know that I can put this money aside and still pay all of my bills. And the goal is time oriented. So I'm gonna complete my savings by December 31st for our trip next year. And again, talking about process before, how you kind of categorize your goals, evaluating your goals and seeing if they fit into the smart categories is a great way to create a process for success. I think that's huge. I loved that. I had never heard that before, but it makes perfect sense. Um, And it's so true because, like you said, it's going to be different from person to person. So, you know, making your list, breaking it down and seeing if they're smart, following all those all those letters. I think that's perfect. I loved that. I love that too. You actually sent me something that I really loved and it was about, um, you know, a lot of times I think the traditional goals people set are about, about saving money or about exercise or about body image. And then you had sent me this compiled list that I really liked because instead of, um, changing yourself or your perception about yourself, it was more about these really interesting and engaging things that you can participate in with yourself in the world. So like learning a new skill or volunteering or, and I think that those are just as important as the other type of goals. Oh, absolutely. I like love to scour the internet to find just like more inspirational, more innovative, creative ideas, because a lot of times I feel like the new year's resolutions are more often than not, money oriented and body oriented, you know, physical health. And I'm sort of trying to actually move away from that. Um, I'm trying to think to myself, what can I do for myself, but for others as well a little bit? Because if you think about the categories I had before, I didn't have anything for charity, nothing for giving back and nothing for long term. So those are changes by looking at my list from last year that I want to, you know, add those categories. 
something more for charity or giving back, and then something for long-term where you're not constricting yourself. So there's room for growth. When I made this list last year, at this time of year last year, I was thrilled with this list. And I was like, wow, I thought of everything. Look at all these different categories. But that's just like the whole point of growing, right? And learning. And you're just expanding your thoughts and just really fleshing out your thoughts and thinking, what more can I do? How can I push it to the next level? How can I not just live for myself, but give back to others? So I kind of like that. I kind of like that even though this was only a year ago that I was making this list, I look at it and I'm so proud of the things I accomplished, but I'm like, wow, I have a whole new set of things that I would like to do and I would like to expand it. And I think that sort of shows growth even in my thought process, which I also feel proud of. And I think that's a great point in two different ways too. First is that you can always be expanding and adding new goals. You don't have to wait for January 1st. And also that the goals that you do create for yourself can change and evolve with you as you're changing and evolving. And I think that's huge because, you know, we don't want to become stagnant. We don't want just every year to say, I'm going to lose 10 pounds and you're just gaining and losing the 10 pounds every, you know, gaining it by December and losing it in January. It's just, I want my goals to be ever growing and and like, yeah, getting deeper and, and more impactful for other people. Yeah, and about engaging with the world, which I think is a great concept for a fresh new year. Yeah. What is the goal that you had for last year that you said? Did you hit any of your goals that you just feel, like, extremely proud of? I wanted to work on expanding my social circle a little bit last year um, and kind of stepping out of my comfort zone. So one goal that I I feel like I accomplished this in one way, and um, I was... I was very proud of myself for doing this was I joined the Appalachian Mountain Club, the AMC, and it is a um, an outdoors group. It's all over New England, all over the Appalachian Trail, and they have hundreds of volunteer-led events on weekends. They have hikes, they have canoeing, kayaking, snowshoeing, they have retreats in the woods. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. So I ended up going on a night hike with the group. And then on a separate weekend, I went up to the Highland Center Lodge in um, Crawford Notch, New Hampshire, in the White Mountains with some friends and have ended up meeting some really wonderful people. I spent more time outside and in nature as a result of it. And that is something that I always find to be incredibly grounding and kind of therapeutic for me. So that's one goal that I feel really uh, accomplished about. Yeah, I was so proud when you did that and so jealous because it sounds amazing. I wish that, you know, we had something like that here. I'm sure we do and it's something I could look into. But I was so proud of you when you did that because I love, you know, a multifaceted goal because your actual goal was to put yourself out there and meet new people and expand your social circle. But look at all the other amazing benefits you got from it without putting, you know, your body image or like physical health as as the forefront of the goal is that was just like a nice bonus which I feel is so great like I love a goal that has many benefits yeah like it wasn't about like having to work out like a fiend but the hikes the hikes that I've been on some of them have been really rigorous and that's great for my body too but it wasn't the star of the goal exactly which I always think is great and I feel like when you do put yourself out there you get back so much more than you expected which is always nice, a nice reward. Yeah, it is. It's really wonderful when it works out that way. Yeah, I think my biggest goal of the year, I mean, I am looking at this list and I have a lot to be proud of because I put it out there, wrote it down, held myself accountable. But I think starting the podcast was mine is sort of in the same vein as putting myself out there. Um, I've always been 
very shy to do that. And so by starting, finally putting it on the list, I've been wanting, you know, I've been wanting to do the podcast for so long and just finally actually putting it into motion. And, you know, I could get down on myself that in the whole year, I only had 15 episodes or I could celebrate it and say, oh my gosh, I have 15 episodes. It's just perspective and reframing. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I choose the frame of the ladder. You did 15 episodes. I am absolutely amazed and astounded at your ability to knock off your goals from your list this year because it's really easy to sit down and make a list and feel really excited, energized about all of these new goals, but you really attacked them with tenacity and you made space for what you needed. And I just, I am in awe and incredibly proud of that. And starting Wonderfilled is a huge, and I hope that you really feel it, a huge accomplishment. I mean, that's on top of all the other goals on your list. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You always make me feel so much better. (laughs) Like I got a lot done. I'm like looking at this. I'm like looking at the six I didn't do. But you're all, and you're always doing so much. So I know you talked a little bit about categorizing, but what do you think helped you be so successful with accomplishing so many of the goals that you set for yourself? Well, I think too, um, writing it down was a big thing for me because I feel like once I make, I'm like a list person and I make a list every day of like things I need to do, things I want to get done. Sometimes my lists are for the day. Sometimes they're for the week or the weekend. And so I don't know. Something about writing it down is like very, um, makes it real for me. Like it's, I have to do it because it's written there and I can't check it off. And I, you get such a thrill from checking things off. So I've always had like goals in mind sort of, but I'm in years past, but I don't know something about this one just felt like being more organized was just the way to go and writing it down, holding myself accountable. And then also like doing my Wonderfield Instagram kind of held me accountable because I did some some different things this year, like 30-day challenges. And like once I would post them, I'm like, okay, well, I posted it. I, I, sh- I need to follow through with it. And again, it would just sort of like, I don't know, something about making it more real, even though it's always real, something just internally for me. When I would hit certain things, that would make it more real. Like if I wrote them down or if I posted them, then I would really hold myself to following through with them. And then, you know, sort of like when you do good... Yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. So just when you do good, you want to do more good. So like when I would check one off, it would inspire me and motivate me to want to check something else off and keep going. And how far can I get? And you kind of get on a roll. It's kind of like you were self-employed and made this your job. Yeah, in a way, because, you know, some of these things, especially the financial ones, like wanting to pay off credit cards, wanting to, you know, better my credit score, like sort of a lot of the goals, because I broke them down by category, they went together. So as you were accomplishing one, you were also, in a way, starting the ball rolling to accomplish another. So I think just sort of like really looking inward and and categorizing that helped too. And then, you know, like mid-year, I would look at it and be like, okay, I've gotten a lot of the, you know, financial ones done, but where am I with the mental ones? Like, where am I with the self-care? Where am I with the meditating? Where am I with checking in with friends? Like certain goals that I set, like if I could see that one category was really getting checked off and another one was really lacking... By having it written down, you could sort of see it in front of you. So it's important during the process of achieving goals to keep checking in with yourself too. When you keep your, when you write them down, when you're because you're your list person, it, it holds you accountable. Do you have that visual? You have that posted somewhere for you to look and check in and have that reminder. Yeah, I have like a cork board on the back of my door, and I broke each category down by color, and so I would just like look at it 
and you know, it's like little lined index cards. So I would check off the little ones and then you can sort of see like, okay, I'm really leaning towards the body ones and checking these off and really doing it. But like the career ones, I haven't got anywhere. Like, let me get the ball rolling here. And yeah. so it, that was just sort of nice. So I, I'm a visual learner. I say that at Pilates all the time when they're, they're explaining to do something. I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna have to wait and watch somebody else do it. Cause from hearing it, it didn't do anything for me. It didn't register. I'm a very visual learner. Yeah. I yeah, have to see it in front that. of me. That's just how my mind works. Definitely. That makes sense. So one thing that I saw that I liked was doing one new thing a month. And that was sort of nice because you could work on life skills. And you could just like pick one that you want to delve into for that month. And then you're not really holding yourself. Because one of the things I wanted to do last year was learn how to play piano. But it wasn't in my budget to sort of like do lessons. And Mm -hmm. so that just sort of like kept getting pushed aside, pushed aside, pushed aside. But I sort of liked this idea. I saw this this thing. It was from daringtolivefully.com. And it was 12 skills to learn in the year. So like for January, just something to delve into. Just try it. Like whether January is pottery and February is piano, like maybe even just trying it for the month would have been maybe a little bit more reasonable for me and I could have tried it. But because I was thinking, oh, the cost of doing piano lessons for a year is just way too overwhelming. I can't commit to that. But I kind of like that idea of like doing a different skill every month. Would you do something like that? I love that idea too. And I'm, I'm actually on board with that. I think I'd like to sit down and make my own cork board. I also, what you're saying I also want to say that for someone who has never, or for anyone who um, have never really been fully engaged in the goal setting process, you're making a really good point because it can feel very overwhelming. And so someone starting from the beginning, I would also encourage that you set very small, smart goals just for the day before you grow. Oh, I like that. Like start off day by day. Yes, because then, like you're saying, you have a goal that you know is specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-oriented. You have to complete it that day. You could say, I want to walk an extra 10 minutes after work today. Once you accomplish it, you're going to feel great, and it's going to give you confidence to keep setting bigger goals that are have a little bit more longevity. Oh, I really like that because think about It's so true. If you've never done this, you're like, oh, girl, I'm not making a corkboard. I am not breaking it down by category. I am, yeah, I am not color coding it and I am not even, I can't even get, you know, get there. Some people's day-to-day lives are so hectic that they couldn't even begin to think in those terms. And, and that's wouldn't be, like you said, the smart, all those letters, the smart way to approach their goal setting. I think that's such a good idea day by day. And then maybe like it'll grow three days. I'm going to try to do this for three days, maybe a week and sort of grow. I love that. I think that's, you know, because that's all you can really like live for is the day. Like they say, live one day at a time, be present. And that's sort of like how all these goals should technically be thought of, even if it is for the year. Like just think about every day, like, you know, making the little strides. And I do really believe that, I mean, it's obviously about the goal, but it's kind of not. Like it's not about the goal. It's about training yourself in the process of achieving goals and going after the things you want. And that reward, which I think is... Um, self-confidence once you hit it so it's not necessarily like um, you know I want my you know not to make it about body image again but I I want my legs to be more lean or but if I say I want to walk an extra 10 minutes every day and I hit that goal it's about the fact that I made a goal and I can check it off it's not about my legs at all absolutely I fully agree with that 
because like it's it's really about the journey guys not the destination i know that sounds like so cheesy but it's true all these things are you're not like going to get some like reward at the end of the year if you do your pilates 60 times in the year the goal like the reward was you felt good 60 times because you went and did something that was good for yourself 60 times and you followed through and it feels so good to follow through on things and i can tell you i know that firsthand because there are a lot of things this year that i have not followed through on and the difference in my energy and in my confidence and my ability to have conversations and my ability to do my job follow through is huge and it feels amazing and it doesn't feel so great when I don't do it. I know. I know. And that's the thing too, that I don't want people to get down about thinking about new year's resolutions is if you like, quote unquote, slip up, mess up, or like fail at some point on the journey. I don't want people to just quit their goal because of that. You know, like we're all human and there's going to be like tons of mistakes and like obstacles along the way. But I don't want people to be like, oh, well, didn't do it. So might as well just not do it anymore. Like it has to be a lesson in getting up and trying again. And it's okay if you have to get back up again. And sometimes you need to make that choice to preserve yourself and you can always start over or readjust your goal. And that is totally fine with the world. Absolutely. And I liked this other thing I saw too is instead of looking at the year as 52 weeks, that seems very overwhelming to me. Yeah. Um, thinking about the year as three 17-week periods. So oh. if there's something you want to do but you're not quite willing to commit all the way, it's like doing a half marathon, guys. It's still great. <laughs> you know, you can work yeah. yourself up to the full marathon. But I kind of like that too, like okay, 17 weeks, that seems much more, you know, doable, attainable than 52. So let me try to do this for the 17 weeks. And if it feels good and I can continue on and I feel like I have, you know, it in me to do it for another 17, we'll try again. And like, it's sort of, I don't know, doesn't that seem a little bit more reasonable? Yeah. And thinking about something in weeks as opposed to the year or even months just makes it seem very manageable. Absolutely. Um, And I also you know, not to already be like trying to skimp on the New Year's resolutions, but I also would argue that you could take that idea of the 17 weeks and do something for 16 weeks and then take a week off. And then you're ready for another 16 week and another week off. And then by the end of the year, when you get your week off after the 16 weeks, it's Christmas week. So it's okay that you're taking a break. Oh, it's a great time to have a week off. You know what I mean? So whatever way you need to slice the year up, if it's you're going to do something in the day, if you're going to try something for the week, for the month, if you're going to do it in 17 week periods, 16 weeks and then take a week off. It's just like you said, it all comes back to the SMART goals. And and it's about finding a process that works for each individual and everyone is totally different. Totally different. And speaking of everybody being totally different and having different goals, some people sent in what their New Year's resolutions are for 2020. Oh, I love hearing these. Yeah, these are good. I'm going to keep them anonymous because I'm not sure if they wanted to name names, but so these are just some of the goals that people sent in. I would like to slow down a bit and enjoy the little things with my family, which I feel is such a nice goal. A really nice goal. I mean... You know, not to pull another one out of the fortune cookie, but it really is all about the little things. It real oh, a hundred percent. I'm always saying that. I have a little sign here. I'm actually looking at it that says "Celebrate the little things." Yes, so I, I think that's something I'm gonna um, pat myself in the back. I think I'm good at the little things. Oh, you absolutely are. You're big at that, and you're big at celebrating that for other people and helping other people see their little wins and celebrating them for them. You're really good at Thanks, doing that. Caitlin. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
another goal that someone sent in. Oh, find my next step in my career. That's big. That's big. That's a big one. That's impressive. It's a big one. And also, I like the way that she worded it. Like, not, um, you know, be the CEO of my company by December 31st. Like, no, find my next step. Will that step be huge? Maybe not. But if you take a step, you you completed your goal. And if you take five steps, then you just completed it to a higher degree. It's I like the way she worded it. Maybe that step is just meeting another person in your field and making a network connection. Absolutely. I love this one. This is like hashtag self-care. Say no to plans and people that I know I can't handle. Make more time for me. Yep. I love that. I'm going to steal some of these. Become a better cook. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Be more patient and vulnerable. That's hard. Being more vulnerable. Yeah, that's a great goal because it's hard. And you know what? Also to whoever that was, that is, um, that's a hard thing to be, it's hard to be open to making yourself more vulnerable. So I think having that as a goal is really amazing. I also argue that by her sending that as a response in to Wonderfield, that she was, was being more vulnerable by admitting that she wants to be more vulnerable. Oh, did you hear that? You have no more work to do. That's it. it. (laughs) You're done. Oh, okay. And it's funny that you say that, like, you can already check it off because I was listening to another podcast and they were saying a trick that they have for New Year's resolutions, which I kind of like, and I think I'm going to implement, is starting them a little early. Because, you know, January 1st can seem so overwhelming. It's like the gym is so busy and, you know, the bakeries are all empty <laughs> and everyone yeah, is it just... Is. It feels like it's very pressure filled. It's very pressure filled, not wonder filled. It is not wonder filled. It is but on this, yeah, on this other podcast, they were saying, like, maybe start something like December 15th and not maybe to the extreme that you're going to do it in the new year, but like sort of get the ball rolling because mm-hmm. isn't it a little easier to just continue on with something that you are already on, like on a roll with, you know? Yeah. And I think that when we said before, like you can start and stop and change and evolve these anytime all year. January is the nice reminder that like we should continually do things for ourselves, but it can be anytime. My friend likes to do September resolutions because she feels like that's really when the new year starts, like summer's done, new school year. So sometimes I'll do September resolutions. Is she a teacher? I feel like that's a very teacher way to approach it. I know. She's not. (laughs) She's worked in education before and she has kids in school. Um, but she's always been a fan of the September resolutions. I like that too. And I feel like another one I like that unfortunately you can't do because your birthday is in January is I like to start it at my birthday. Like yeah, I use my, year. yeah, I use my birthday as like a personal new year. And the nice thing is, is my birthday is at the end of November in the thick of all the Halloween to new year's like madness. And so by starting in November, I sort of ease my way through December, get the ball rolling about thinking about. So by the time January 1st comes, I'm already like a month in of plotting and planning and starting. I have literally no cushion. It's like new year and then literally a new year for me. So if I don't come up with all these resolutions in January. Oh man, that's it. Forget it. Just start in 2021 if you don't have it by your birthday. Have you started to think about your resolutions for 2020? I mean, we're not just starting a new year. We're starting a new decade, and I would like it to be like the roaring 20s. Oh, my God. It is a new decade. How is it the first time I've ever even considered that? It's a new decade. So it's like, hello, pressure. Not just a new year, a new decade, and it's the roaring 20s. So, like, we have to make the most of it. We have to make this decade roar. Have you started your list? Anything you want to share? I've started a little bit. 
Um, I don't really have anything formal in place. A couple of things like at work, um, I'm a teacher, so my breaks are kind of funny and, um, you know, spread out and quick and there's a lot happening. And so it's not really um, a time when I can usually take time for myself, but I would really like in the new year to at least go out on my lunch break and take a 15-minute walk wave a track right in front of the school. Um, I did it a little at the beginning of the year and then fell off. So it's just nice to get out and I'm all about fresh air and the outdoors. So yeah, you're um, a very outdoorsy person and I feel like that would really ground your day. Yeah. And that's it, right? Like the exercise part is a bonus, but it's really about being outside and breathing in the air and taking that space for my head and my body. A hundred percent. And I feel like you're there for what, like eight hours a day and it's just like sensory overload for the entire time. Like, start yeah. to finish. You're, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. So it would be nice to have that little quiet time, whether you Definitely. just literally are silent or whether you're listening to your music and just, like, taking a little break for yourself. What about you? What do you have on your list? Well, so, uh, I have some going. I have some working. But okay. some of them are embarrassing. Like, I don't even want to admit that. Uh, but I, I have to because you have to be honest <laughs> with yourself. You have to take an honest personal inventory. And I... This is not this is not glamorous and this is not beautiful, but I create a lot of waste and I use a lot of plastic. Yeah, but this is not this is not unique to you. This is a huge problem. Uh, it's, it's out of hand. Okay, well to put it in okay, to give some context, last year one of my goals was to drink 100 ounces of water a day because okay. I never drink water. No, you don't understand. I never drink water. And yeah, I didn't. I, rem- I, rem- I remember having this conversation with you and being shocked. Because you are such a water drinker. I'm such a water drinker, and it shocked me that you were not. Like, legit would go all day and was like, I don't even think I had a sip of water today, but I had yeah, so much coffee. <laughs> but you have kicked ass at that goal. Okay, so I, I did, but I did it at the expense of the planet. <laughs> no, I'm serious because. I set the goal to do 100 ounces of water, and you would think, yeah. you know, you could just like fill a glass, you know. Yeah. However many times you need to fill it to get to the hundred. But I just was like, I was just thinking like, I have to get these ounces. It's so much easier to add up the ounces on the prepackaged water. Like, okay, I have to have, you know, whatever, like four of these 25 ounce bottles. Okay. Or 24 ounce bottles, you know, it was just so much more manageable to like log it in my Fitbit because I finished that bottle, you know, and I could just like find them around the house and count them at the end of the day. But that's horrible. Okay, so that's the whole idea of evolution, right? And progressing and stepping up your game. I'm going to continue with the 100 ounces of water in 2020, but I have to let go of the one-time plastic bottles, you know? That is a really admirable goal, and a lot of people wouldn't even want to admit that. And everybody's doing it. She is not glamorous, but she is honest. It's not glamorous, (laughs) but it's real life, and that's what goals are. I mean, it's the nitty-gritty. It's real life. You can have these really like lofty unrelatable goals and what does it really mean but something like that if everyone had a goal like that would be in much better shape right now and i will say that i would buy the six pack of smart water um like at the beginning of the week and reuse those same six bottles for the whole week so i don't want anyone to think i'm like going through the you know okay each well that's different than but I mean, but every week i still, still was throwing but every week I was still throwing away those six bottles and getting six yeah. new. You know what I mean? So it wasn't as bad as like doing six times seven for the week. 
but I was doing like, you know, at least six a week, which is not, not great and not great in the day of like where you can get the reusable bottles and they're cute and they're big and they keep them cold. Like there's just no, there's just no excuse. Yeah. I love mine. Yeah. Which one do you have? I have a bunch, (laughs) (laughs) but at least they're reusable. They've been gifted. So, but the one I use the most is the, um, the Camelback. Oh, okay. Is it cute too? I think that's what it's called. I'm going to be embarrassed if I just said that name wrong. Um, It's really cute. Yeah. And it has like the um, inside, it's got the like reusable rubber straw. Oh, okay. I like that. I really like. Um, Yeah. It's Camelback water bottle. Okay. I like that. You know what I did get is I got Wonderfilled um, monogrammed tumbler, like a plastic tumbler, like the hard plastic reusable um, with the straw. And that was good. That was helping me. But then one of the kids I nanny for stole it because, you know, the logo is my face. And he was like, I want that. So I, yeah, gift, I gifted it. Yeah, that's really nice. But that's great. Yeah, so that's one that's uh, not so glamorous, but it has to be done. I have a 20-ounce Camelback water bottle, and I fill it at least five times a day, probably more. Yeah, see, that's perfect. That's all I need to do. Yeah, yeah. Done and done. Done and done. And um, then you'll prefer it, too, after you start doing it. Yeah, and the whole thing is, is my husband doesn't use the, like, the smart water bottles. We have a big, like, we have the service that brings the big ones. Oh, yeah. You know, like the office cooler ones. So I have a huge, like, you know, I have so much water at my disposal, I just need something to hold it in. Yeah. So yeah. I need to get on that. Um, a few of my other ones are less negative self-talk and less body shaming myself. Yep. I feel like I do that. It's so easy to do it to yourself. Yeah. And like you would never dream of doing it to somebody else, but you'll so easily do it to yourself. Yeah. That's the problem. It's really good to kind of retrain your mind to not go there and to think about what would you say to your friend or somebody else who came to you with these concerns? Like, what would you, how would you reassure them? And then try to direct that back to yourself. Yeah. Like I love this one. Like I always see this quote on a lot of different artworks I see on Instagram is like, you deserve the love you so freely give to others. Yes. I feel like I've posted that one about 10 times, but they're always just reminders to myself. Yeah, but it's true. If I ever heard you saying the things that I say to myself about yourself, I would be so upset and I would be like getting on, you know what I mean? I would be getting on to you so bad, but I just, I think everyone's somewhat guilty of that, right? We're our own worst enemy for sure. Definitely. So I'm going to work on that. And then something that I've been trying to do, I actually started this, I was trying to do a week of no complaining um, and I failed at that goal. (laughs) But as you know... Well, I mean... But in the pursuit of succeeding at that goal, I go several days without complaining. Which is wonderful. And I think that there's a difference between, and I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know your situation, but I will say to me, there's a difference between complaining and healthy venting. So I wouldn't mix those two up. True. Sometimes you need to, if you walk around with things bottled in, held up, repressed, it's really unhealthy. It is really unhealthy. And some of it was that. And, you know, of course, there's room for that and you need to get it out. But some of the complaining was just like, oh, it's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's just no useless. need. It's useless. Yeah. And, my, and Ryan. And we all do that, too. Yeah. That's a really good goal. But Ryan, Ryan's not a complainer, like, at all. And I'm always like, gosh. And I, so when I was doing the, the challenge to myself, I was like, gosh, you never complain. And he's like, there's really just no purpose. Like, to say it's so hot is not going to change the weather. 
to right. say like he's all kind this of a higher being. Right? He just well he's yeah, he just he's always working on the goals too, just a little bit more quietly, just within yeah. himself. But yeah, like to say like all oh, this traffic sucks is like, yeah. No kidding. And everybody else feels that way and it's not going to make gonna anyone it. it's not. Like, you can complain about it, but it's not going to magically get better. Yeah, and so I just found myself like when you act when you you're actively holding yourself to not complaining, you really kind of notice how much you do. Yeah. And it's, it's not yeah, cute. Because you, when you keep fighting the temptation, you realize how many times you're like going to say something and then you hold back. And it's a great inventory to take with yourself. Absolutely. So I'm going to work on that. And then something else that I started to do is every time I had a negative thought, I would replace it with three positive thoughts, even if they were like ridiculous. Like I'm trying to think of an example. Like... Oh, I have to be in work at 5 a.m. and I have to set my alarm for 3. Like, that's such a, you know, n- you know, just a negative just complaint, basically. Yeah, it's but so it, fun. Yeah. But yeah. instead, I was like, okay, I'm going to be up nice and early, so I'm definitely going to get my steps in super early, probably hit my goal by, like, noon. There's going to be nobody in line at the drive-thru at Starbucks. And, you know what I mean? Like, I would find, like, a third one would be, like, and, and I see the sunrise. Right, exactly. Like, and I'll see the sunrise, you know, whatever. Or because you're going in at 5 a.m., you're getting done at 5 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. So, like, I'll be out a little bit earlier to enjoy my night. So I would try to, like, take the complaint. And so, but sometimes finding the three positive things to replace it with were, were like, funny. Because they were, like, so <laughs> basic. Like, because sometimes it's hard to actually find three positive things in this situation. But when I was, sometimes when I was trying to, they would make me laugh. And so I would literally. That's really good because then it kind of it like turns the narrative around. Exactly. Kind of really about the bad thing, you know. Like, yeah. Sometimes it's like I can't think of a good example now, but like everyone try it. Like when you say something negative, try to reframe it with three positive. And sometimes like it's, it's so scarce that like, you can't think of three. So the, <laughs> when you do think of three, like sometimes the third one's hilarious. Like not at all beneficial, but like funny. And it's just sort of like it's all about reframing, right? I love that. I'm totally going to do that this week. It's sometimes you're going to make yourself laugh out loud. I promise you'll be texting me like, "Oh, I tried to flip this around, and this is the three I came up with." <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! And another thing too, I think, uh, in the vein of resolutions, and I want to always thank you for this. You're such a good and supportive friend, and I'm lucky to have several good and supportive friends. Is um, having like an accountability buddy. Not sort of like maybe for every one of your goals, but it, sometimes I think, you know, it's much easier when you have like that, you know, pal or the accountability partner to sort of like if you're both trying to achieve a goal, maybe if it's a similar goal, you can sort of like check in with each other. I think that helps me because I always check in with you and I feel like Definitely. you do the same and I think that that always makes things a little bit more manageable. Yeah, it's really nice to have someone there with you to check in with because then it it kind of makes it real too. Once you put it out into the world, then it's real and you know you have to go after it. Definitely. And if you have someone that you're comfortable with, it's like not the end of the world if you have to tell them you're not, you know, holding up your end of it. It's kind of nice to just like say it out loud. Like, you know what? No, this week I sucked, but next week I'm going to try harder. And like, we got this. I feel like I have a few people that I check in different parts of life with. Mm -hmm. Like I check in with certain people like, what did you do for self-care this week? Like, what did you do for yourself? Or like, you know, like whatever the goal may be that you you connect with that person on. So I feel like I get different support for different areas of life from different people. And that's such a nice community to build in your life. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you're my community for most things. You're my community. <laughs> I feel lucky to have that too, for sure. 
with you. I mean, I feel like I share all my um, sister-in-law, my brother's girlfriend, the three of us have a group chat and it's just, it's very, a nice like safe space for goal setting, um, successes, failures, venting or positive reinforcement. And it's just, it's really nice to have that kind of community. Yeah. It makes a big difference. And I want to encourage people to, um, one thing that you could always do, I did this in the past because it just needed to be done, unfollowing anything on social media that makes you feel bad about yourself. I feel like that's a great place to start. And what better time than the new year is to sort of like, when you're taking your self-inventory, do your fault, like who you're following inventory and just say like, is this account making me feel good, bad? Is it like, or indifferent, you know, and just sort of like go from there. Social media cleanse. That is something for me. I'm, and you know this, you know, it's not my, um, it's not my favorite. No, definitely not. It's not my favorite. And so, but there are so many wonderful ways that it can be used. And so I want to try to focus more on those this year instead of the other toxic stuff. Absolutely. And I feel like something that a lot of people that I know do sometimes just like totally getting off social media for a time, like taking an actual break where you're deactivating or Another thing, too, that you could do is deleting the apps off your phone. You're not, like, deactivating your accounts, but you're just, like, having it away from your fingertips where it's just so easy to jump on every minute. Yeah. And I'll go on unplug breaks for sure. And sometimes the people I talk to regularly, I'll send them a message and say, hey, just so you know, I'm unplugging for a few hours. Yeah. Like, I'm not ignoring you. Yeah. Right. But then there's so many examples, too, of, you know, like... I tr- and I know I've said this before, but the wonderful Instagram, I love the motivation, the artwork behind it, the design, you've curated this incredible series of artists, and there's so many wonderful positive things on there that are really nice for me to see throughout my day, so it's just learning the balance of like looking more at the stuff that makes me happy, and um, you know, avoiding the stuff that doesn't. Yeah. Like what are you filling your day with and what are you like having like right there at your fingertips in front of your eyeballs, like every minute I feel like one thing for me, because I have the two Instagrams, I can just sort of like avoid my personal one as much as I want. And my wonderfilled one is kind of like, like a dream world. Cause I only, but I only follow accounts that are like that, like similar in positivity. So if I going on my wonderfilled account is like a nice way for me to like safely scroll. Like I know anything I see is going to make me feel good or like give me a reminder or make me think about something or something just give me a perspective that is I welcome and so it's I'm I'm trying to think from your shoes like you you're you have the one account so you're following all the ones you follow and then the ones like Wonderfield and there's no way to sort of like sort them right and I feel like by having the two accounts so maybe that's something for people to consider if you want to have like a second Instagram that you just follow all good things and you you want to scroll but you want to see only good things like that might be a nice you could like you it's like build your own adventure you know, you get to, you get to choose who you follow. Yeah. It's a really nice idea. Yeah. I just have, I love that idea of like, that I know when I go and want to film flooding myself with good. Absolutely. Filled with wonder. Filled with wonder as always. <laughs> okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to episode 15 of Wonderfilled Week. Thank you so much to Julia Rakowskis for being on the show. I hope that you are all thinking about what you would like to accomplish in 2020, but you are keeping it smart. Tell us again, what does smart stand for? Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-oriented. Smart goals. We can all do them. We can all achieve them. And, you know, shoot for the moon. And even if you fail, you're among the stars. So we're just shooting for progress. So I'm wishing everyone a happy and healthy holiday season and a happy new year. And we will see you on the other side.
Bye-bye.